0: Fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Oweijid? Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today on our regularly scheduled Thursday morning podcast. Thank you again for joining. Minnesota Wild. Well, this last week they went 0 and 3 at home, and well, we got a road win. So the Minnesota Wild literally X'd at the X. The home record is abysmal, to say the least. Uh, three games under five hundred now at this stage. It is just getting worse and worse and worse at home for this season. Remember last year we lost two regular season games <laughs> at home after Christmas. We being the Minnesota Wild, of course, in this year. Just, wow. I mean, they're just piling up. I mean, we already beat that in this last week. So, yeah, it's not been good. Obviously, we all know what the playoffs did, how things turned out there. but. Again, a team that protects home ice, or at least they used to at times, can't protect home ice whatsoever. you get a nice little road win against a not-so-good New Jersey Devils team. And, well, I don't know, you just stink it up at home. But, well, we, we lost a road game as well. Not a good week for the Minnesota Wild. 1-3-0. and At the end of the day, losing at home to the Edmonton Oilers once again on the 7th of February. The Wild cannot beat the Edmonton Oilers anymore. And the Minnesota Wild cannot score on Cam Talbot. Uh, Okay, we can't score on Cam Talbot, whose goals against average is like 3.5 or something like that. It's ridiculous. Like, what the hell? And then Darnell Nurse always seems to find a way to score against the Minnesota Wild as well. That always feels so nice. Uh, Just not been a good run. Not been a good run for Minnesota whatsoever. 4-1 to loss at home. (sighs) Difficult, for me, difficult for me to accept. A hapless, lifeless game. Minnesota's now two games above 500, like just barely hanging on to the final wild card spot. I don't even know how you can with only two games above 500. That's not good at all in the NHL. Usually that means you're out of it. Back in the old days, you could be like six, seven games out of 500 and still be like the seventh seed in the uh, Campbell Conference or Prince of Wales Conference back in the day, which I suppose it's still secretly the Campbell Conference, but of course, teams like reorganized. Uh, due to regions and all that. So, whatever. At the end of the day, <sighs> yeah, it, it is what it is. The Wild have a two-point lead over the Vancouver Canucks, four-point lead over the Arizona Coyotes, four-point lead over the surging Chicago Blackhawks. Colorado Avalanche also out of the playoffs. Edmonton Oilers might as well catch us. The Anaheim Ducks finally fired Randy Carlisle. God bless him and everything, but it just didn't work out at all. Uh, Bruce Boudreau's replacement. So, Bruce Boudreau is extremely frustrated with this club. He doesn't understand what the hell is going on. There's almost nothing left to do. The Oilers' uh, six-game losing streak comes to an end against Minnesota, where in the past, it used to be a not-so-good Minnesota Wild team was sucking, and then you beat the Edmonton Oilers. That's how you end the streak, because you, well, you get the rusty machine, the the rusty engine's not working so good, so you oil it with the Edmonton Oilers, which I used to joke about, and yeah, well, it's been the opposite now. It's not working out. They're oiling themselves, and we're getting nothing. We're getting nowhere. These hapless, boring games, that just leads you to utter frustration. The major positive coming out of this week is, well, for one, Jared Spurgeon continues to be a spectacular player for Minnesota. Just another huge week again. He's now at 35 points on the season. Wow, what a run for Jared Spurgeon. Hope he continues to stay healthy. 50 points is right around the corner, i got to think, as we're just at Valentine's Day here. About a month and a half remaining in the season, so still a legitimate shot at uh, 50 points for Jared Spurgeon, especially if he keeps up this clip. But no, the other major positive is Jewel Eck has been a jewel of a player since his uh, what his third call-up now. He's <laughs> been kind of back and forth. Obviously started the season with Minnesota as he did last year and stayed up here pretty much the whole year for the longest time. Finally got sent down as I reque- as I was requesting <laughs> and a few other people. And Luke Cunnan also called up, sent down, called up, sent down, and the trades and all that. And it was called up ultimately... Andrew a for uh, Mr. Ewell Eriksson. And, of course, Cunnan also called up as guys like JT Brown and uh, Nate Prosser were sent down. It's because we just had to get Batetto, Batetto in the lineup. Mr. Batetto, who shows promise at times defensively, but other times mental, like, lacking. He's lacking mentally. Like, he doesn't have the mental game out there at times. But, no, Ewell to get to the point, and Luke Cunnan have been downright spectacular the past two weeks. And This week, they really, really, really stepped up. Uh, you got to see Luke Cunnan with a two-goal game. And Ulerksanek setting up other plays. And also, he scored the only goal in this game. Great effort by Ulerksanek on the puck at all times. His defense is great. You're even seeing these two guys play on the second power play unit at times. And it's uh, extremely encouraging. And and they deserve to be on the second power play unit uh, Power play unit at the end of the day. Ulerksanek making some nice passes. Great effort. Staying on the puck. Love what Ulerksanek has brought to this team. And Luke Cunning also. Again, tenacious. A lot like Zach Parisi. Tenacious, kind of close in there. And uh, he's doing a hell of a job at the end of the day. Really happy with what Luke Cunning has brought to Minnesota. Ultimately getting an assist on the uh, lone goal for Minnesota. But uh, it was just kind of one softy after another. Again, Dubnik has been giving up soft goals. And he's been getting beaten five-hole like crazy lately. And you're seeing pucks squirt through there as well. Because I'm beginning to wonder if it's fatigue or injury for Devin Dubnik, because he's been getting beaten five-hole constantly, and it's like he knows the puck is down there, and he still conti- uh, continues to fail to close on a lot of those. I don't know if it's an injured knee, injured ankle going on. It seems like a knee to me, like if his knee is just not healthy, and that's why some of these are squirting through, and that's kind of been the case. That was like the theme throughout this entire week, and I don't know. I mean, I would have... <sighs> I don't even know where to go with it. It's extremely frustrating. But a four to one loss, you almost want to just get to this, get through this as quick as possible. Darnell Nurse always seems to find a way to put the puck behind Dubnik in these games. Uh, Leon Drysittel, that was a really nice play, by the way. Tic Tac Toe play, spectacular setup. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Alex Chyzen setting up uh, Leon Dry. Saddle, uh 32nd goal of the season. The guy is a legitimate star in this league on the power play there, but a beautiful tic-tac-toe goal. Zach Cassian ended up finishing things at the empty net. Connor McDavid with 49 assists throughout the season. Pretty great. Uh, obviously setting players up in this game. As, uh, yeah, Connor McDavid definitely being a great teammate here, not uh, going for the empty net goal. Hmm, interesting. Sorry, I'm just seeing stuff flash on the screen here. Jorge Polanco, nice, nice uh, infielder for the Twins, looking like he might get a seven-year extension. Wow, cool. Sorry. Uh, but no, Connor McDavid going the teammate route rather than going for the empty natter and setting up his buddy Zach Cassian for the seventh goal of the season there. But at the end of the day, what we care about is not Connor McDavid setting up his teammates. We care about, well, okay, Huell Eck and Luke Cunning are le- looking like legitimate NHL players now. So that's awesome. <laughs> That's the positive. You can come out of this week in this game here, particularly. But other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? What a hapless bullcrap game. Minnesota Wild fan base is getting quieter and quieter at games. And I am not at all a single, <laughs> I am not at all one of the people that's like, oh, the fans need to support this team and get on their feet and celebrate, you know, and and you know, pump them up. Uh, they're, they're not helping. No, they're not happy and they're disappointed and they're, kind of in shock, because you're losing at home to an Edmonton team that had lost six in a row, they're good, they have good players, but they have a lot of junk too, and Cam Talbot is junk, and you're getting shot out by Cam Bleep and Talbot, so I am not angry at all at the fans for booing, I am not angry at all for the at the fans for being lifeless, because the team was lifeless, come on team, pump the fans up a little bit, eh, pump the fans up, wouldn't you Wouldn't you like that, let's head to New Jersey on the 9th of February, 4-1 to BS loss, 4-2 victory over the New Jersey Devils, though. Eighth place in the Met Division, Metropolitan Division, as they continue to struggle. They're six games under five hundred Again, eighth place. Minnesota Wild. I'm stunned that they're still hanging on to their the record, but a multi-point game for Luke Connon. Beautiful. Ended up getting uh, three goals this week. What a week for Luke Connan. What a week for Mr. Luke Connon. He was able to also add his eighth assist on the season on the uh, Marcus Foligno goal. As Marcus Fellino, this group, this third line, I love him. As, as Mr. Rask, I keep wanting to call him Tuka Rask, because I'm so used to Tuka Rask of the uh, Boston Bruins, but Victor Rask has been centering the fourth line with guys like Eric Fair and such. But uh, overall, wow, Euler, Zanek, Marcus Foligno and Luke Connan, got to love these guys working together out there. Marcus Foligno's been playing out there on the left side, of course, Connan on the right, but occasionally Foligno plays on the right side and on the fourth line due to just the situation. I mean, he can occasionally play on the right side the way he continues to shoot left. Understandable there. Felino ended up getting the uh, Gordie Howe hat trick in this game. Got in a fight and all that. Got a goal and ended up with two assists. So he was a Gordie Howe hat trick with an added, uh, <laughs> added assist. This was a fun game. A very fun game on the road. Enjoyed every second of this one. Multi-point game for and Ulerksenech also... Solid game. He was a plus two. Added his uh, third goal, fourth goal of the season, pardon me. Very cool to see him stepping up out there. Again, just tenacious. It's all about these guys. I mean, and of course, Parisi, Mr. Consistency all season. Parisi adding his 22nd goal of the season. He would get his 23rd later this week as well in one of those yucky home losses. Uh, Well, one of the yucky home losses against Philadelphia anyway. Uh, But Parisi, what a nice, uh, consistent season he has had. It's a shame he didn't get to be the last man in, but uh, again, I mean, Landis Gogg like 30 goals on the season, as much as we hate his guts. It kind of is what it is there, but it's this third line. The third line is carrying this team. I mean, take a look. Marcus Fellino, pattern and pattern with his third assist. Wow, that's a miracle. And Cunning, you know, obviously joining in now on neck and Cunning also scoring the fourth goal unass- uh, unassisted later there of oh, a the turnover. Oh, Cunning has been great. Three of the goals were counted for on that third line. So, Need I say more? Need I say more? I mean, Granlin has been inconsistent. He sets players up. There's opportunities. He doesn't shoot enough, and when he does shoot, it's right into the goalie's stomach half the time or the chest. So it just kind of is what it is there. But that third line for Minnesota has really stepped up and has been beautiful. Um, You have players playing out of position because of the uh, the way things are set up by the general manager here. And I'm not sure uh, with the defenseman situation. I mean, Brad Hunt can't crack the lineup now. Because Mr. Botero, Mr. Botero, who I do like a little bit. I like his name. I like the way he talks. He seems like a cool guy. I like I like when he just plays a solid game, but the, the mental errors are frustrating. You know, the line changes or, you know, kind of caught sleeping on a play last week. It was just an embarrassing play. Uh, you got Sealer and Pattern back together, which I think is is good. But then you have Rodine playing on the right side. I'm kind of confused there with that one. Uh, very strange situation. You have Brodine playing out of position in certain in certain cases. Playing with Boteto, it's a mess, because you don't want to have Pattern and Boteto together. It seems like Sealer and Pattern are definitely a better, uh, more solid duo down there. The chemistry is better. But again, Brodine playing on the right side, it's just... Mm. So things are not being set up properly here by this general manager right now. I like Fenton. I know he's an intelligent hockey guy, but some of these moves are just strange. And when's the next move? When's the next move? Because obviously there has to be something coming. Don't trade Cunning or uh, Eric Sinak, because they're finally starting to look like legitimate NHL players, and they're giving us hope. That would just figure if one of them gets traded, wouldn't it? But no, this third line definitely carrying the Minnesota Wild, particularly in this game, but really, the entire week. And uh, the other two players, of course, uh, Mr. Consistency Zach Parisi, and <laughs> Mr. Uh, Jared Spurgeon has been spectacular all season, particularly after the, uh, the loss of... Uh, Matt Dumba, unfortunately. Spurgeon had four shots on goal. I'm surprised he didn't score in this game, but again, very, very strong performance. Uh, Anthony Boteto. Boteto has been on the second pairing with Brodine, like I said, and I don't know. He's okay. He gets the hits. He's a physical guy. He blocks shots, but the mental errors are exhausting. Boteto, seven hits in the game, by the way, against the uh, New Jersey Devils. Extremely impressive at the end of the day, but a 4-2 victory. Solid overall performance. Marcus Fellino had a highlight reel type of play fifth goal of the season, to tie things up. But that's also been the trend, is Minnesota's always giving up the first goal, and that goal by Brett Cini was extremely frustrating. Again, another softie. I mean, from long distance away, it would help if players were in better position to block the puck and everything, and sometimes some of these goals are also given up because of uh, poor screening in front of You're actually screening your own goalie, which isn't helping. Uh, Nick Sealer on this one, Brett Cini getting his fifth goal of the season to open things up. Again, Minnesota always having to catch up in every single bleeping game. And, I don't know. It's not good. It's not been good at all. You had to New York. I picked the score dead on, but I didn't pick the goaltender. I thought you were going to see uh, Mr... I really thought you were going to see Mr. Stalock in it, but... Uh, Bruce Boudreaux elects to stay with Dubnik, who, again, I think is hurt a little bit because some of these five-hole goals reek of his motion, his movement, is not where it needs to be. He's not able to move quick enough to close the gap there. And I don't know. He keeps getting beat five-hole. Granlin finally added his 13th goal of the season. It took about 20 years. But it took about two months for crying out loud after starting off the season spectacularly, spectacular fashion. He was like a sniper earlier in the season, and it was like, oh my God, he's going to get 90 points. He's going to get 35 goals. Oh man, I was so excited. 35 goals, 55 assists, 90 points, all star without a doubt, you know, starting all star type of player. And then next thing you know, well, it took like months to get to number 13, but he got it. He got it, and he's been at the center position now as, uh, Boudreaux moving the moving the uh, the lines around a bit some more. Mikhail Granlin, again at the center position, and that's cool. Good for him. He's been playing the center since the Kwaivu injury, so that's ultimately what happened there. And Yul Sinek, again centering the third line and doing a hell of a job. I love that third line. This is the only game where the third line didn't score, but they were still very much a factor throughout the game, getting scoring chances. But Mister Greasy has been spectacular. Greasy Greasy. <laughs> Out of Germany there, only giving up one goal. The New York Islanders' defense has been spectacular, and the New York Islanders' goaltending has been spectacular throughout the entire season. Lehner and Greasy basically platooning throughout the season, only giving up one goal, and they are just dominating. 33-17-6, leading the way in that Metropolitan Division. The Islanders had struggled a little bit going into this one, but boy, they put the clamps on They did a hell of a job. Um, Love what (laughs) they're doing there. In the in the in Brooklyn, I wish it was the Isle still, but maybe it will be again at some point. As of course again, the defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals, Barry Trotz, doing a spectacular job coming in and uh, really putting the clamps down defensively with this New York team, and they're still again scoring goals. No John DeVaris, no problem. No John DeVaris, no problem. They lose their franchise player, and the other players step up. The defense is like a bajillion times better. And again, the goaltending is a bajillion times better. Great job by the. Uh, New York Islanders throughout the course of this season. Not the most exciting game ever. In fact, it was flat boring. It was like Patriots versus Rams, you could say. Very low scoring game. Devin Dumnik ended up stopping 32 shots. He was awesome in the game. He did great. This was his best game coming off a back-to-back after beating the New York Islanders the day before. New York Islanders, New Jersey Devils the day before. Only giving up two goals. Only gave up two in this one, but it wasn't enough because again, the Islanders getting the job done blocking shot after shot after shot as the Wild would get countless opportunities, but everything was stopped. I mean, they'd well, not countless, but they'd get their power play opportunities and such, and the Islanders just... (laughs) I mean, the pucks weren't even getting on net, because that's how good this Islanders defense is. Guys getting in front and getting the job done. Kyle Rau also. (laughs) Kyle Rau being a part of things. That fourth line, Victor Rask, Eric Fair, and Kyle Rau. Yeah, they're, they're okay. They're okay. I mean, Victor Rask, just adequate out there. He's not that bad, but I guess he's in his appropriate role. And it's just, you know what? See... This, is, this just figures, doesn't it? How Nino Niederreiter was stuck on the fourth line because, well, everybody's a bleeping left shot. We could thank Chuck Fletcher for that, but now this coach, this this new general manager, is just bringing in left shot defensemen, so you're getting a similar problem there. So I can imagine the frustrating Bruce is going through. So again, you trade away Nino Niederreiter because he was stuck on the fourth line, and okay, now he's doing better because he's playing with better players, he's moved up and all that because the, the roster's more balanced, and Carolina, and they have a shot of making the playoffs with a much better record in the Eastern Conference. You bring in Victor Rask; he's still got lots of term on his contract, is slightly cheaper, you know, about a uh, million point two cheaper, and uh, he's a center. So, yeah, centers are more valuable than than <clears throat> left wingers, not right wingers, <clears throat> left wingers. And you don't need a writer's case. You uh, don't need a writer able to play second line, top six type of uh, action out there. Victor Rask. Well, where is he? On the fourth line. So you traded away a guy that was on the fourth line to move this guy on the fourth line. So, it just kind of is what it is. And the sad part is, as well, Victor Esk belongs on the fourth line. So, you traded a fourth liner for a fourth liner, I guess. So, you certainly... <laughs> I guess it's a fair trade. Not. Not. Because Nino Renito Ryder generally on a better roster, should be higher up on the lineup and everything. Again, the guy wasn't producing here, even though he was in, in the top six role on occasion during the course of the season, but also playing out of position. So, that doesn't help. Again, you got to balance the bleeping roster. And finally... Well, I can't say the Wild have done that, but there's certain players, obviously, Coyle, Cunning, actually do shoot right, so they're actually playing in an appropriate spot. But defensively, we're stuck. Completely stuck defensively. Anthony Bieto. I mean, this guy, Bieto, is... Uh, I kept calling him Bieto last show. I don't know. I mean, why is he playing so many minutes? I mean, you know, again, second pairing, it just seems weird that he's... Uh, his role is so elevated, and it's just you're stuck in that situation as well. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, there'll be a method to this madness hopefully in a year or two, and it'll be like, man, Paul Fenton, you know, it looked weird for a couple, de- for, for a year, a year or two there, but oh boy, this is starting to take shape, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, I don't know, but at least some of Fletcher's picks are starting to come around in Yuletide, Jewel, the the Jewel of a player, Ericksonek and Luke Cunning. A couple of first-rounders again, back-to-back, 15, 16, respectively. Um, Ah, fun stuff. Fun stuff, indeed. A uh, very fun game on Tuesday, the 12th of February. Fun. Fun game. Again, that was Sunday the 10th in terms of the uh, New York Islanders game. Fun game against Philadelphia. Uh, the home crowd uh, let the players know how much they enjoyed it at the end there, and I don't blame them one bit. Not one be- Not one bleeping bit. Another goal. First goal allowed to the game, again, by Minnesota. Provorov, the nice up-and-coming defenseman for the Philadelphia Flyers. Not even three minutes into the game. Half the fans not even in their seats. one nothing Philly. No problem, though. Minnesota would score three straight goals. Zach Parisi. Again, just, again, Mr. Consistency scoring on the power play. Great play there. 23rd goal of the season. Luke Cunning, Literally one timing off of a t- terrible turnover. But uh, we'll take it any day. Literally one it off the turnover. That was beautiful. I believe it was Provorov uh, Provorov there, I believe it was, I could be wrong, um, but uh, third goal of the season for Luke Connen, and then and Eck kind of doing what Granlin does, basically, going behind the net, or occasionally Zucker to Granlin, Granlin to Zucker or Zucker to Granlin, whatever it is, <laughs> back and forth situation there, Zucker and Granlin would work together on Granlin's goal earlier against the uh, New York Islanders, that was a great play by Zucker again, those two guys, the chemistry is great, when they're playing well, it's beautiful hockey, But Jewel Eriksonek and Luke Cunnan, Jewel Eriksenek and Luke Cunnan working together on this one. Again, um, behind the net, great pass to Luke Cunnan, and he finishes, in Cunnan's case, multiple goal game. And it's like, Cunnan's going to get a hat trick. I got a feeling, here we go. First career hat trick, he he got one in Iowa, right out of the gate. He had a a couple in college. Here we go. Luke Cunnan's going to get a hat trick, get get the hats ready to go. And it just never happened. It just never happened, despite the effort was there and all that. But it just never happened. Ah, heartbreaking. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, another great game, two assists and a goal. A spectacular goal, uh, kind of all by a little bit lucky in a sense as well. Parisi's goal was a very tough angle, but a great play. Twenty-third goal of the season. Spurgeon's was even crazier as it went under the crossbar and literally under the net as the net lifted. It raised up out of the ground a tiny bit and it came out from underneath there. It was it was clearly crossed the line, but you couldn't tell in the bang bang moment so that's why the play wasn't stopped right away. Really cool goal by Jared Spurgeon, the 11th goal of the season, but at the end of the day, again, big breakdowns. And that, that was uh, Jared Spurgeon's goal, put the Wild up 4-3, to three. but again, the two goals by Philadelphia, again, just extremely frustrating. Wild defense, not where it needed to be. On uh, one of the goals, Claude Giroux's goal was the most frustrating of all because, I mean, caught during a, a line change defensively where I, there's just no reason for players to be leaving the ice in this situation. It was a 2-on-0, and Claude Giroux just took advantage. He was like, I don't know how many steps ahead of any Minnesota Wild defender in this case, because there was just nobody there. Guys were coming off the ice, leaving Sputer, uh, Sputer, Spurgeon and Suter sprawling, hoping to God as they were coming on the ice after the idiotic line change there, defensively, defensive pairing change. There's just nothing to do. I mean, stay on the ice, damn it. That's all you had to do. Stay on the ice for another couple seconds, clear the puck, dump it in the zone, whatever the hell, and then you can make your damn change. Heck, take a bleepin' icing if you have to. It'd be wiser than having Claude Giroux, Mr. Franchise Player for Philadelphia, pretty much all by himself there, to do whatever he and wanted. And that's what happened. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. But again, to continuing to struggle in this game. Uh, Rimesdeck, JVR, as they call him. a Couple of power play goals in on this one. Dumb penalties that screwed the Wild down the stretch. Sealer again, not a helpful penalty. You need him on the ice, or at least, yeah, you know, <sighs> power plays giving up penalties that really bit the Wild in the ass in this game. Poor play by Minnesota. Golden opportunity as well, when, uh, <laughs> and again, a bad call by the referee that the Minnesota Wild favored in. So we can't blame the refs for everything, that's for damn sure. Jordan Greenway caught Zucker pretty good in the nose, causing blood, and well, <laughs> it was a four-minute penalty for Minnesota in our favor, and it just left Philadelphia like okay. They called it on Robert Hag when it was Jordan Greenway, and Jordan Greenway was on the bench, got kind of a Chuck legs like my bad to uh, Jason Zucker, and Jason Zucker was clearly struggling with the pain there, he hit pretty hard in the nose of the stick. They called Robert Hag for high sticking, and of course, with the blood of blood being caused, it was a five-minute like a major penalty. Four-minute major penalty, pardon me, like a double there. Four minutes. The Wild muster one shot on goal. Philadelphia gets the job done, again. And Philadelphia could be trying to make the playoffs here as they're just playing great hockey. Um, Carter Hart, not even a net in this one. Some guy called uh, Anthony Stolarz. Anthony Stolarz, despite facing 39 shots and giving up four goals, still wound up with the win. I mean, Minnesota should have won this bleeping game. Adubnick was not good. The defense in front of him was not good. The mental mistakes were. Killer, the stupid penalties were killer, and not capitalizing at the end of the day here in this four-minute penalty, four-minute bleeping penalty. To only get one shot on net during the four-minute penalty was just killer, and that cost the Wild a while to, golden opportunity to end their losing streak and uh, get back in the mix here. At least come out of this four-game, uh you know, four-game stretch, two and two. Come out with a split somehow, some way. I mean, at least maybe even come out with a point if it's 5 4 because of some stupid overtime or a stupid overtime goal or a shootout or whatever. But somehow come out of it with something. And the Wild couldn't do it. They just couldn't do it. And uh, extremely frustrating at the end of the day. Two goals for Cunning, extremely encouraging. Both him and Yul and Eck were a plus three in this game despite the uh, complete total letdown, breakdowns defensively, mental errors. Cunning and Eck escaped this one with a plus three. That is just awesome awesome and they deserve a hand there what a week what a what a couple of weeks for uh, youlyrics and act Julerrics and and Luke Cunning. awesome but uh, so it's nice to end positively thinking about that but uh golden opportunities just completely let go here and Minnesota screwing around with Philadelphia I just knew this was going to be a tough game I actually picked the way out to lose this one but I thought uh, Minnesota was going to beat the bleepin uh, Edmonton Oilers and Minnesota did not show up at all against the bleepin Edmonton Oilers with that said, another long first segment because it's four games and a lot of nonsense going on. No trades yet, as the trade deadline is still looming. We'll see what happens. Something's going to happen. I don't know if it'll be a major trade, but who knows? Who who knows? Uh, don't be surprised if Eric Stahl is traded. I think that's a heavily, uh, I think that's heavily favored actually that he's going to get traded. The only problem is where do you put uh, who do you put at center? I guess you got to uh, think about Coil there for sure at that point, and then uh, go from there, I suppose. Don't call J.D. Brown back up, please. Uh, that, that, that's okay, really. <laughs> Give Sam Honest a chance, damn it. Give Sam Honest a chance. Right shot, right shot, right wing. Sam Honest. He could replace the Coil spot on the right wing, and uh, Coil could be the center. There's your there's your solution. There it is. There it is. Sam Honest, NHL baby. Okay, Neil Broughton slash Mike Madonna Award for this episode. It could be Spurgeon, it could be Cunning, it could be Eck. I'm going to give it to all three of them. Because they, they played awesome. They carried this team. You know, and Zach Parisi obviously is always an honorable mention every stinking week. I mean, Zach Parise, what an awesome season he's having. Awesome. Beautiful. Love what Zach Parise brought to this team. Leading the club in the scoring with 49 points. But this week, you Eriksson, Eck, Luke Connon, What an amazing week by Luke Cunning. Amazing week. Uh, but Jule L- again, just so strong on the puck now compared to what he was earlier in the season. 10 points for him. Cunning at 12 points. Awesome. After what a slow, slow, quiet start once again. But cunning's really coming around. Both of them at double digits. And what an unbelievable stretch by Jared Spurgeon. 35 points. And stay healthy, Jared. Please stay healthy. Please. He's played in all 57 games. Knock on wood. What an unbelievable season for him. Uh, keep it up. Keep it up, Jared Spurgeon great, great week for those guys. Everyone else, what the bleep was at. Uh, Anthony Boteto. I'm going to give the general manager for this week because of the, the way this team is constructed at the moment. Again, is there a method to it? I don't know. But let's see it. Let's see it, co- or let's see it GM. Uh, but I'm going to give uh, Paul Fenton the uh, James Weber Memorial because this lineup doesn't make a whole lot of sense, particularly defensively. What is going on here? Uh, so let's, let's get some semblance of like... I don't know, rhyme or reason here defensively with these defensive pairings because of how Bruce Boudreau is getting set up here to fail, basically. So, this one's on you, Paul Fenton, right now, at the moment. Let's uh, let's see what's going on. Maybe you'll get a Madonna-Brodden award next time. With that said, let's take a quick break and we get to preview four more games. Oh, busy, busy, busy. Here on Brave the Wild, time to preview a few games here. In fact, quite a few—four games. Again, the schedule kind of getting tighter again after the uh, long break. New Jersey Devils, St. Louis Blues, Anaheim Ducks. The uh, well, this is the start of a four-game stretch, starting off very poorly in that weird Philadelphia game. New Jersey Devils, St. Louis, Anaheim, and then on the road to the New York Rangers and Detroit Red Wings. But the Detroit game will be on next week's schedule. Detroit, St. Louis, Winnipeg next week. So we'll be playing the Blues on NBC Sports the next couple weeks on Sunday. Sunday afternoon. That will be cool on the 17th of Feb and the 24th at 6 p.m. on NBC Sports. So that will be actually on the cable channel, 68 locally, and God knows where else NBC Sports if you're not in Minnesota. But NBC is NBC. Whatever, right? Who cares, huh? <laughs> New Jersey Devils coming to Excel Energy Center Win the game, please. That's all I got to say about that one. Uh, very winnable game. Corey Schneider not good in net against Minnesota last time around. He has had an awful season. Goals against average over four. Uh, Kincaid not much better. Both of them save percentage under ninety, well under ninety. In uh, Schneider's case, about eighty-seven. Kincaid about eighty-nine percent. Though he did get the three shutouts in that hot start earlier in the season. In uh, again trying to uh, fill in for Corey Schneider who's not been good at all. He had a meniscus injury much earlier uh, going into last season. But uh, Kincaid, ever since then, been about what he was before that. Whew, their last game, 8-3 to loss to St. Louis, who's been on fire, by the way. St. Louis Blues, I'm extremely concerned about those coming in. <sighs> boy, boy, oh boy. Taylor Hall still out on IR. Spectacular player. Otherwise, you got Kyle, Kyle Palmieri. Yeah, Nico are leading the way. We talked about them last week a bit. Brian Boyle traded away recently. Um, I don't know, man. This is a team that's uh, on the outside looking in in a big way. They are one in their last five, including a loss to Minnesota recently. That was great. Losing 5-1 to the Los Angeles Kings. 2-1 to to the New York Islanders all at home. 4-2 loss to Minnesota on Feb the 9th. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes, 3-2 to two at home, and then again the 8-3 to three demolition in St. Louis, who again is playing spectacular. I expect them to lose again to Chicago at Chicago because both of those teams are playing great. St. Louis-Chicago, of course, big rivals of ours and of each other's before they play Minnesota back-to-back. Chicago and Minnesota back-to-back. I think they're going to both be losses for the New Jersey Devils. Minnesota needs to win this game. There's like no excuse. Keep it coming. Zach Parise getting his 24th goal of the season against this team. Absolutely, I think he's going to score. Don't be surprised if Cunning and that continue their like uh, their their run. Who knows? Maybe Felino, I don't know. But that third line has been great. I think they'll contribute in this game, contribute to the victory. But I got a feeling Parise is going to get goal number twenty-four. I think he's going to get a goal in each of the games against New Jersey, as it have been so long coming in. New Jersey Devils again a definite mess. A couple of guys leading the way. One of them still, you know, a borderline rookie. Obviously, it's a second year. Super young. 19-year-old Nico Horsher, who went number one overall two years ago. 40 points on the season. 16 of them goals. Kyle Palmieri leading the way with 24 goals on the season. Kind of like Jason Zucker last year. That's basically what Kyle Palmieri has been for the uh, New Jersey Devils this year. No excuse, regardless of who's in net. Mackenzie Blackwood, he'd be the one that would give the wildest trap game type of situation. But you've been sucking at home, Minnesota. You've been X'd at the X, which is the title of this episode, X'd at the X. But uh, I don't care if Mackenzie Blackwood is is in net if you know because he's the only goalie who's been decent this year. A couple of shutouts, two point three seven goals against average. Uh, he, he, he's the one I would put in net if I was the freaking uh, Devils, but they probably won't. <laughs> probably won't. Yeah, he's the only one who's been respectable. But and uh, their home losing streak plays Minnesota four to two in for Minnesota. Parisi will be the most likely guy to score. Moving right along. Minnesota is going to play the St. Louis Blues on Sunday afternoon. Looking forward to watching it. National broadcast and everything, Star Sunday. It's going to be cool. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be a, a win. I, I just don't. I, I would love it to be XL Energy Center. And if Minnesota does pull this off at home on national television, that'd be great. The goaltending in St. Louis has been bad most of the season. Um, Chad Johnson's not real good. Jordan. Biddington. Jordan Biddington with a couple of shutouts this year. He's been great. He's been 10-1. So that'd be why St. Louis would beat the Minnesota Wild. And they're gonna. So yeah, Jordan Biddington has been a nice uh, emergency. He's one of the reasons why the uh, Blues have been great. I hope for the uh, Blues' sake he's not another Andrew Hammond. I love Andrew Hammond, the hamburger. He's, he, you know, I love him on the Iowa Wild. I wouldn't mind him up in Minnesota, but he's gonna have a hell of a time doing that with Alex Stalock in inking a in- new in- 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 three-year deal. So that's probably out of the question. Uh, Chad Johnson's been a horrible disappointment. Lousy backup. Kind of like a freaking uh, uh, Kemper. He's, he's been a Kemper for Jake Allen, who's also been mediocre at best, like Backstrom in the later days of his career. Uh, Jake Allen's just awful. Three goals against Minnesota's not going to beat the St. Louis Blues. They've been a completely different team. Jordan Biddington has been a huge story of late. Two goals or two shutouts for him. Save percentage about ninety-three. Ten and one record is yeah. Who could miss this story? Ten and one record for Jordan Binnington. I was almost thinking about somebody else earlier. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, who's inconsistent, but when he's on, he's deadly. Had a hat trick on Sunday this past week. Again, up and down, but the Blues have won all five of their last games, including a demolition against New Jersey, like I talked about a minute ago many, many valuable players on this team. Brayden Shen, 35 points. Not producing as high as he does other years, but still great. Uh, Alex Pietrangelo, one of the better defensemen out there. Ryan O'Reilly's leading the club with 57 points, centering that top line and the power play and everything. Very, very valuable piece. 57 points, 21 goals. He scores goals. He sets other players up with 36 assists on the season. Again, Tarasenko, the sniper out of Russia, who again is inconsistent. That's why his numbers aren't as high as you'd like. But when he's on, he's so deadly, and uh, I, I just think that the uh, yeah, and Tarasenko's always scored on the Wild. He, he's he's another one. He's like uh, uh, Jerome McGinley, just scoring goals against Minnesota nonstop. And I think the St. Louis Blues win this thing like four to one, three to one, something like that. I, I just don't feel good about it. I think it's going to be another one of those hapless home losses: four to one, four to two, three to one, empty net, whatever the hell it is. Most likely, guy to score for the Minnesota Wild. I mean, Parisi's had a lot of success against this team. I almost want to keep going with him, but uh, maybe Cunning against the New Jersey Devils, but I don't know. I'm going to switch it. uh, Luke Cunning's going to score his fifth goal against the uh, New Jersey Devils and Zach Parisi's going to score against the uh, St. Louis Blues. He'll be the only guy to score in the game. Maybe Granlin, I don't know. But Parisi's had some success against this team over the years. It's just been classic. Whenever I see the Wild versus St. Louis, it's like Parisi's going to score. I always feel that, and I think he will. One way or another, maybe he scores in both games because that's how Parisi's been this season. So consistent for the Minnesota Wild. Again, five and zero in their last five, and the winning streak has just been well beyond that. Three to two victory on Feb the fifth at Florida, one to nothing over the top team in the league, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Impressive, Mister Bennington shutting out the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's why the Wild aren't going to beat the Blues. It's not because of Mister. Mr. Negative and I'm singing the blues and I'm just Mr. Negativity because they because they're the best team in the league right now. The St. Louis Blues are the hottest team in hockey. They beat Tampa Bay one nothing, in Tampa in Tampa. They beat Nashville three to two at home on Feb. nine, back to back sweep versus the Nashville Predators, home and home type of thing, at Nashville five to four victory. Wow, wow. And then again, the Demolition versus New Jersey most recently. The Blues will play Arizona on tonight. The uh, Happy Valentines to all of you that celebrate it, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, Happy Valentines to all of you out there that, that care. <laughs> I'm so mean. February the 16th <laughs> at Colorado. And then a back-to-back. So that will possibly help the Wild, a back-to-back. is what will help the Wild's chances of beating the St. Louis Blues. Maybe you won't have to face Jordan Pington, but uh, don't be surprised if we will. Colorado's got some good scores, though, so you might want Bennington in that one instead of, uh... uh, And we know how Jake Allen has beaten the Wild at times, but the Wild can beat Jake Allen as well. Remember, the Wild beat Jake Allen pretty soundly in the 14-15 playoffs when the uh, Minnesota Wild beat the Blues in six, and then a couple years later, when Bruce Boudreaux was so damn good for us, 16-17, or was it seven? Yeah, 16-17, he was so damn good, and, uh, Bru and the Wild were just, a, you know, we're a strong, strong team. And then Jake Allen shut us down like you wouldn't believe. So it's been kind of back and forth with him over the years. But uh, the Wild's chances are a little bit higher, obviously, if Jake Allen's in net. I just think St. Louis is outplaying uh, everybody right now, and I think they beat the Wild 4-2, to 3-1 to type of game. Probably 4-2. to Unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. They're just playing better. They're playing better. The good, good goaltending, good defense. They're playing like the St. Louis Blues. You know, the St. Louis Blues aren't supposed to stink. They got all these players. They added some nice additions. And, and of course, you know, that's what hurt Mike Yo's chances during the course of the season. But, um, obviously, Mike Yo wasn't the problem here. He might have, you know, you, you might not like everything he does. But, I mean, you, you could be saying the same stuff about Bruce Boudreau. Inconsistency. It's not Boudreau's fault. It's not Mike Yeo's fault. It's the players. But uh, now you play the Anaheim Ducks. Here's a golden opportunity for Minnesota to win. Watch out for the sugar high, though. Carlisle's gone. The big bully coach is gone. The big mean guy. The 19th of February, Tuesday, hosting the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Trap game alert. Trap game alert. Expect this possible sugar high from this uh, Anaheim Ducks. Every single time a team fires their coach, especially if they didn't like the coach very much and the team had been underachieving, there's going to be a sugar high. So watch out for the trap game. Again, I think Minnesota can and should win this game anyway. I don't care, uh, John Gibson, about three goals a game. Chad Johnson's been all over the place. Uh, Kevin Boyle, what a mess! I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm just expecting John Gibson in that, the actor. Okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, a team that doesn't score, a team that gives up goals, a team that the chemistry's not good. It's just not Gibson. Two shutouts on the season. Good save percentage at the end of the day. The goals against average stinks because the defense in front of him has been terrible at the end of the day, and the goals have not been happening. Uh, 31st in the league in goals for, 21st in goals against, so bottom third there. Power play is 29th in the league. Penalty kills in the middle at 16th. Ryan Gatsloff leading the way, missing a couple games earlier in the season. Adam Henrique, who has been known to score against Minnesota. Rickard Raquel, again, often compared to as uh, Ulrichsen Eck, uh, with, with Ulrichsen Eck, in terms of that's what uh, Boudreaux believes Ulrichsen Eck could become because he coached both Raquel and now and Eck. Big fan of both of them is Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, good solid player, Rickard Raquel, second line type of center, but uh, awful season for the Ducks. Minus 21 in Getzloff's case, minus 18 in uh, Rickard Raquel. A team that started out the season pretty good. Pondus, Eaberg, Auberg, Auberg. Nope, it's it's Aberg, who's been on the IR for a long time now for Minnesota, unfortunately. Had some moments with the Ducks earlier this season and also struggled at times as well. Was scratched multiple games in a row. Mental errors, frustration, not really with it. But again, expect a sugar high coming up here as the, uh, after the 6-2 to loss to Philly at home. for Well, nope, it was, it was on the road on, in Philly for the Ducks. That was it for Randy Carlisle. And four days off, so it was a good time to fire the guy. You get a shutout. one nothing, one nothing. John Gibson gets his second shutout of the season. Good for him uh, over the Vancouver Canucks. So again, watch out for the sugar high. Hopefully it wears off against Boston and Washington. Those are going to be tough games coming up. And then, But they are at home, the Ducks, for those two. And then they play Minnesota on the 19th. Very winnable game for the Minnesota Wild. Got to take care of business. I mean, going to the New York Rangers, they're playing a little bit better. I don't know. Do the Wild lose this game? Do they find a way to lose this one? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, ah, man. Why do I have a feeling we're going to beat the Rangers and lose to the Ducks? I got a weird feeling about this. <laughs> There's just no excuse. You, you cannot lose to the Ducks. Okay? Just don't lose to the Ducks. Win. Win, Minnesota. Win. Maybe the Wild go 3-1 and one this week. Make up for things again. Because we all know how streaky this team can be. You got to beat the Ducks. <clears throat> you just got to. I, I don't care who their coach is. Beat the Ducks, they're not playing well, regardless. Minnesota uh, Minnesota's gonna win the game, okay? Minnesota's gonna win the game three to one, three to two, something like that. Uh, maybe even four to four to two, four to one. To would be really nice, nice, solid victory. Devin Dubnik getting a nice, strong game. I'd like to see Alex Stalock play, but he will play against one of these two teams, the Ducks or the Rangers. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Stalock against the Rangers, though, and that's probably exactly what's gonna happen. Dubnik in that. In this one, Minnesota wins four to one, something like that. Oh nope, it's Detroit's the back to back. Pardon me. So Staylock will probably play against the Detroit Red Wings. So my bad. I apologize for that. Uh, three to one win for Minnesota. Let's go with that. The most likely guy to score against the Anaheim Mighty Ducks for Minnesota, Eulercanek. Eulercanek. He's gonna keep it going. Eulercanek is gonna score. I expect Cunning to, to factor. Uh, that third line has just been wonderful. I love what they're doing. I might even, nah, I'm not going to go with Coyle. He's not been visible at all. Eulary Sinek is going to score against the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, and Minnesota wins 3-1. to one. Shut down this Ducks team after their little sugar high. Maybe they win another game somewhere, but uh, Minnesota hopefully taking care of business against the Anaheim Ducks. New York Rangers aren't so great either, but the nice little win for the young uh, goaltender on Sunday. I, I, I was afraid I was going to forget, but I didn't. Georgiev, Georgiev, Alexander Georgiev, getting his first career shutout on his twenty-third birthday. Boy, the goals against average, not good, but a nice shutout for him on Sunday. Very cool, good, good for him. Talented players on this New York <laughs> New York team, but not a good record. A team that's under five hundred by four games. They're really struggling, seventh place in the Metropolitan Division. Not a bad game against Winnipeg recently, but shutting out the Carolina Hurricanes most recently. Um, no, he did not shut out Toronto, but it was a 4-1 to one win over Toronto. My bad. He did not shut them out. It was the game before where he got this for sure shutout did uh, Mr. Georgiev. So good for him there. The only shutout on the season for the New York Rangers, Georgiev, as uh, Lundqvist getting a couple of days off. He's had an awful season. Three goals against. Minnesota's had some success against Lundqvist, and Lundqvist has had some success against the Wild over the many, many years. Just what an awesome goalie he's been uh, helping his club get to the Stanley Cup Finals in the past only once, but almost a couple of years before that. It would have been New York, L.A. twice. It could, it could have happened very easily, but Breezy's uh, Devil said, nope. New York Rangers just up, down, up, down, up, down. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. Losing 4-3 versus the Los Angeles Kings, which probably would have happened anyway in those, both of those finals. <laughs> they did lose in the, to the 2014 finals, did the Rangers to the L.A. Uh, Kings. Feb the 4th, a victory over the Boston Bruins on the 6th. Impressive. 3 nothing loss to Carolina. See, I'm losing my mind here. Uh, that was, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Let's just leave that alone. Whatever, right? A uh, victory over Toronto again, Georgiev on his 23rd birthday with a nice 4-1 victory on national television. That was cool on Star Sunday. That was a nice win. I, I, I felt good for him. 23rd birthday, so hopefully for his case, Georgiev can get a little uh, a step up a bit and become the goalie of the future for the Rangers. 3-4 uh, to 3 lost to Winnipeg, at Winnipeg. Not a bad game most recently on Feb the 12th. Let's see if the pattern continues. You lose to Buffalo, you beat Pittsburgh. Okay, no, you beat Buffalo, you lose to Pittsburgh. Beat Carolina, lose to Minnesota. Okay. So maybe that's what'll happen. Four road games in a row here. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Carolina, up and coming. No back-to-backs until New Jersey and Washington after Minnesota. Talented team, though. uh 46 points for him, 25 goals. Chris Crater, 24 goals for him and 43 total points. Zuccarillo has been in trade talks. Will the Wild go after him? I don't think the Wild are buyers at this point, so no. I think the Wild did not get Zuccarillo. I think somebody else does. Matt Zuccarillo, power play guy there, defensively. 11 assists on the power plays, he even had a couple of goals. Very nice, strong defensive with nine goals on the season. Would be a welcome to addition to the Minnesota Wild, but I don't think it's coming. Kevin Shattenkirk has not been even close to his advertised. after some success in St. Louis years ago and minimal success with the Washington Capitals. Ever since that trade, Kevin Shattenkirk has not been the same guy. Not even close. He was a dominant superstar defenseman for the St. Louis Blues, and he has not been the same since. And uh, I'm sure they'd take him back right now, even though they're playing great. Are the uh, St. Louis Blues. The Rangers can score a little bit. They're top-heavy, but their goaltending has not been good. Their defense has been awful. And they're just... I don't know. They're, they're just not a complete team. Uh, kind of sounds familiar to the team that plays uh, <laughs> plays about, about uh, 10 plus miles east of here. So, I don't know. East of Golden Valley, Minnesota, where I'm at right now. Uh, very winnable game for Minnesota. Minnesota plays good on the road. I think the Wild beat the Rangers. I think the Wild beat the Rangers 4-2. to <sighs> Zucker or Stahl? Who's going to score in the game? Will Stahl be traded by this point? Let's go with Zucker. Zucker's going to score in the game he, and, and he better. <laughs> the guy needs to end his uh, on, on, on and off again droughts during the course of the season. I, end this next drought, which is a little bit shorter than the last one. End the drought now, before it becomes a legitimate drought. Minnesota's going to win the game. 4-2 to two type of game. Maybe an empty netter by Granlin or something, because he's the king of empty net goals. Go get your 14th, Granlin. Go get your 14th. You know, have a nice short drought, like just, just a week. Just a week drought or so for Mikhail. (laughs) It would be like a week and a half or so. He scored on Sunday versus the uh, New York Islanders there. Uh, Man, that was a long drought. But Minnesota's going to have a three in one week. Maybe you lose to the freaking Ducks or something, or you lose to the Rangers. But I'm going to go on the optimistic side. And you know how streaky this team can be up and down. Maybe, hopefully, maybe, hopefully, you can sweep that East Coast. uh, well, Detroit's not even that East Coast, but east of here, uh, Eastern Conference back to back with the Rangers in Detroit. That's a tough kind of a uh, schedule, moving around a bit there. So, oh, you gotta go fly all. You gotta fly to Detroit from New York. It's not that far, but uh, uh, it's a little ways. It's a little ways, and you gotta do it right away and all that back to back. I don't know. It's gonna be a tough, weird game, and Detroit's been an annoying team to play against. I kind of think the Wild won't win that one, but. Hopefully Steel, I can stand on his head and help things out for a while to win two to one or something. But I think Minnesota's gonna beat the Rangers though on the 21st, with most likely duplicing in that case. Three to one, three in one week for Minnesota. So there you go. With that, let's look at the prospects. As always, we will start with the Iowa Wild. Ah, uh, you know, they've had some good games, some bad games. Well, not really bad. They've been up and down a bit. Uh, Brennan Mendel now at 23 points on the season, adding his 22nd assist this past week. Had some positive games, though. Louis Belpedio continues to add the points, though. Really happy for him. 17 on the season. He's been great. Uh, really stepping up there, playing on the correct side, the right side. <coughs> Literally on the right side. Um, Carson Susie, he's been adding the points. He's been inconsistent, but a plus 10. He's definitely gotten better. During the course of the year, poor start to the season. Cars and but stuff definitely has stepped up since then. Michael Capella four assists in his first five games with the uh, Iowa Wild. JT Browns had three points, but he's not a prospect, obviously. Kakinen stuck at five shutouts on the season. Still been good. Andrew Hammonds improved. He's lowered his goals against average about point two the past week and a half or so. So he's been really strong. Eleven and seven on the season. Kakinen fifteen and nine, two point five four goals against average. Both of their save percentage are about 91 on the season. Um, good defense in front of kakinen but also some spectacular games, including the shutouts, and that's kept him playing very strong. Um, Will Biden also at 17 points on the year. So- Sokolov added his 10th goal recently. Good for him. 19 points on the season at this stage. Honest at 22 points now, as he continues to rise up. Uh, Mason Shaw. We've been so quiet for so long, added his uh, 21st assists recently, 25 points for him. Iowa Wild have been kind of up and down, up and down the record. They've kind of been playing 500 hockey the past month or so. You you just, eh, you know, you want to believe that they're ready to roll and they're going to make the playoffs. And obviously they should, but it's just this 500 hockey is not helping their cause at the moment. That's where the frustration comes in. Some of the prospects have these big, strong weeks and have a couple of awesome games, and then they get real quiet again. But been very impressive with Louis Belpedio. I think he's been the best player on the ice, uh, at least in terms of the major prospects. All season, Cal O'Reilly and Jared Mayhew have really been leading the way. Gerald Mayhew has been definitely the best player the past two weeks or so, I'd have to say, along with Matt Reed, who's really stepped up. He's now at 27 points. But these are older guys. Cal O'Reilly, 31 May Mayhew's 25, so he's got a shot still to maybe crack a roster here and there in the NHL, but not consistently, unfortunately. Um, been happy with the Chris Kaplan addition for uh, Iowa. I like him better than Ryan Murphy. Unfortunately, another left side, so he's going to have a hell of a time making it Uh Susie's stuck in Iowa forever if we keep bringing in all these left side players. And again, it's also rendered Brad Hunt borderline useless now because uh, Mr. Fenton is obsessed with potato. Potato! Mr. Potato! Ah, so, not sure what to say about that. Really, not sure what to say about it. But um, the Iowa Wild, they've been, you know, they've been just kind of 500-ish. And the prospects, they, they just chip in points here and there, but nothing great, unfortunately. Jack McBain, Boston College, that team just stinks. As you look in the collegiate ranks, that team just absolutely stinks. And McBain, you know, I mean, he's doing the best he can. Six goals, 11 points on the season, but still... Not standing out at all. And again, a stinky team. Sam Hatch is playing for the top team in the country. Again, strong start. He added a couple points this past week, though. Now at 13. He was stuck at 11 for a long time with Sam Hatch's six goals, seven assists. In his case, Lodnia hasn't played in forever, and that's disappointing. Let's look at Jacob Golden. As since being traded to the Erie Otters, he's added three assists. He's at 13 points, so he's way ahead of last year's pace. Would like to see uh, Jacob Golden get to 20 points. Left shot defenseman taking in the fifth round in 2017. He's been in the uh, OHL ever since, and he was in the OHL before that. Swaney, after the hat trick, he hasn't done anything, unfortunately, so that's a shame. 11 goals on the season, way above last season, 6 goals total, setting up other players more than that last year. This year he's been in more of a scorer, 8 assists for 19 points in 24 games, well ahead of last year's pace as well. So Swaney continued to progress and become a bit of a goal scorer for the defending national champion Duluth Bulldogs. Brandon DeHame, who's also been a bit quiet, unfortunately. Yeah, then again, no, he he was quiet, and he definitely picked up the pace ahead of last year as well. 23 points, only three points behind last year, with 10 games to go to catch up to last year. Uh, he's equaled last year's goal total, which is seven. Just three more assists, and he's right there. So I expect uh, to, him to have career highs in his junior season for Providence there, who's about ninth in the country, if I remember correctly. So good for him. Very strong for him. Jack Sadick has been adding points a bit, but uh, he's definitely way at a career high now. 13 points, three of them goals. Right shot defenseman, four. And again, top defenseman, literally the Ryan Suter, so to speak, for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But that team stinks, and they have just been awful. They got absolutely obliterated by Penn State last week obliterated. 18th in the country, Penn State. 18th doesn't get you in the NCAA tournament, by the way. It it doesn't. You've got to be like 12th-ish. But And of course, well, other teams win their conference tournament where they wouldn't have made it. And yeah, then you're absolutely not going to make it unless you win your conference tournament. So which I don't think the Gophers are going to do this year. They can't string together two two games in a row, other than a nice, super good weekend against Notre Dame this year. They can't even win two games in a row. It's a bleeping joke. So with that said, I'm not optimistic at all about the Gophers. In the next two years, though, I do believe Bob Moscow will have this team in a much, much, much better place. But uh, unfortunately, Jack Stadek will not see that as a member of the team. Hopefully, Jack Stadek will have some success with the Iowa Wilds starting this April. Uh, this, this margin April, maybe help them in a playoff run. Right shot. They could, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they could use his help. He probably won't do that well at the AHL right out of the gate. I'd be quite surprised, honestly. But uh, sometimes he gets caught sleeping and such. It's just... Uh, I don't know. He drives me uh, absolutely nuts. Connor Dewar has been great. Simon Johansson's been better than Philip Johansson, I would say, at least in the scoring department. Pretty solid. Uh, at the end of the day, Klovanov is the one I just love. Love him. The Russian center. 59 points, 22 of them goals for the Moncon Wildcats in the QMJHL, Major Junior Hockey League of Quebec. Only 18 years old, 5'11", left shot center for Minnesota. So as frustrating as the current team is, there is hope. There is hope in the grapevine. There's hope. You want to believe, a lot of us out there want to say the cupboards are, are bare, and in a lot of ways they are. I mean, Iowa, it's not pretty a lot of the quote-unquote prospects that were on Iowa last year are all like some of the best players on the wild right now, considering how underachieving some of the, the older guys in the Minnesota Wild have been and how underachieving the, the middle-aged players. As in, they're not old, they're in the middle. They're like 28, 29, 26. Granlin, Zucker, Coyle, and of course Niederreiter, Brodeen, guys like that. Niederreiter's gone, duh. But I'm just mentioning the name because he's underachieved all bleeping season. But no, um... Now you have Cunning, Greenway, and Eck all playing great. So those guys are no longer prospects. They're prospects on the NHL level. Yes, they're in they're they're in the NHL. You could call them a prospect in terms of their you know, but they're already in the NHL. Whereas Iowa, the top guy, I'd have to say it's it's Louis Belpedio easily. I mean, if anybody else, you'd you'd consider like a the top prospect on the Iowa Wild at the moment. Louis Belpedio, Brennan who has been a nice surprise. Sam honest is a guy I think deserves. An opportunity to play NHL hockey. You know, right shot, this and that. And if Eric Stahl's traded, I want Sam Manos called up. I want him called up to play on the right side. And then Coyle moved to top center. He can be the top center. And there it is. Charlie Coyle, golden opportunity to be the top center for Minnesota. If he isn't traded. <laughs> that could stay right where he is. I love the way that the way things are going there. But Coyle to basically take over the stall line and... I guess Victor Rask has to move up, but uh, oh boy, uh, I think that second, I think that third line should be the freaking second line, the way they're playing right now, but I don't know, whatever, it's a tough situation, it really is, at the end of the day. Of course, you could definitely leave Granlin right where he is, so no, I mean, Granlin would be with Parisi, <sighs> yep, yeah, Granlin would be with Parisi, and you move Anas maybe with uh, Parisi, Parisi and Granlin, you put Anas there for Coil, you move Coil where Zucker is, and there it is. Coil where uh, uh, where Stall is. So Coil would center Greenway and Zucker. That'd be an interesting combination. Maybe uh, I think I'd rather almost have Granlin center Zucker and uh, yeah, Zucker and Greenway. I think I'd like that. Or maybe you have Parisi. Uh, Yeah, I'd like to see Coil. Oh, it's a toughie. Coil, yeah, Coil, Anas, and Greenway. Granlin, Parisi, Zucker. I, I think a great chemistry. Granlin, Parisi, Zucker. That'd be a good group, I think, right there. And then Cunning and Felino, Don't even touch it. Don't even touch it. They're playing great. And the fourth line is what it is. Uh, Hendricks, Rask, Rao. Uh, I'd rather say fair, though, as the, the center. Uh, n- not as the center, but as the... Uh, we'll say, yeah, he'd be the right wing. I don't know what's going on with some of these setups. But yeah, Rask, Rao, and... Fair, otherwise, Hendricks and fair could kind of be interchangeable. Ras could play on the wing, but he's he 's a center as well obviously i would rather have him at center at the end of the day. The defensive pairings I guess it is what it is. What are you going to do anthony Beto bateto, but Mr. Batto is going to be the left shot uh, second line guy, which is like a joke um, sealer's better, but you 're not going to move brodeen down, obviously. But having Berdina as the right uh, right defenseman is a, just a weird situation. But uh, no, that's how I'd have my lines though. Coil would center Greenway and Parisi. Yeah, so I'd shuffle it a bit. The top six. It wouldn't. Yeah, I'd have Granland, center Zucker and Greenway. No, ah, Granland, Parisi, Zucker, Grandland, Parisi, Zucker, Coil, Greenway, and Anis. Coil, Greenway, and Anis. That'd be your top six, and then yeah. The fourth, the the bottom six, just leave them the way they are. And the defenseman, there's nothing you can really do. So if I had a choice with the line combinations at the end of the day, that would be my choice as the coach of the Minnesota Wild or whatever. So that's how things are to go there. With that said, well, we're going to give a shout-out to Minnesota Wild Hardcore and, of course, MNW players, MNW players, MNW prospects. Now, see, MNW prospects. On Facebook. Look it up. Give that a like and follow. Join it if you could. It'd be greatly appreciated. Pavel Bunnett and Marek Skyba out of the Czech Republic. They keep up with all the prospects. And just like I love to on this show, it's so much fun. Absolutely endorsing them all the way. Love the what, Love the job they do. They keep up with the players in Europe that are with Minnesota. Obviously, Kirill Kapozov, Kapo Kakinen when he was there, Kapo Kakinen. Luckily, now he's in Iowa. But there's other prospects over there in Europe we'd like to keep up with it. And there's more coming, boy. There's more coming as we head into this draft and drafts in the future. Uh, Definitely worth a follow there on Facebook. Uh, At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Give that a follow. Always want to thank Vince Germano, who often retweets the show. I don't think he did this week, but oftentimes he does. And want to thank you very much out of Australia. Thank you again, Vince Germano, for retweeting the show and others that may have, over the course of time, greatly, greatly appreciated there. At Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild is the Facebook page for this show. I got teased a little bit by Drew Bunting when I showed, uh, well, I shared basically Pavel Bonet's post from uh, Minnesota Wild Hardware. He was showing how Cunning in five games at seven points since Feb 5th. That is just great. Feb 7th, four points for Eul Eric That Great, great week and a half, week and a half for these guys. They're just playing great together. Awesome. Uh, Thank you, Pavel Bonet, for adding that. and Hope he doesn't mind that I kind of copied and shared this on my page. Though I gave him the credit by loading it with his name on it, so obviously there it is. It's not me saying it. It's him. Thank you again, uh, Mr. Pavel Bonet, for uh, keeping up with that. Uh, Great job, Minnesota Wild Prospects. And of course, he's also an admin on Minnesota Wild Hardcore. I have a patch coming. Thank you, Chad Walski. I have another patch coming. That is awesome. Thank you. Gotta put that on the jersey. Minnesota Wild hardcore, huge shout out to Chad Wolski Jim Mattel, Sarah Mattel, You guys are great. Chance Kostick, David Kostick, relatives of mine from my brother's side in terms of uh, well, their uh, their they're in-laws, brother-in-law in Chance Kostick's side. A uh, well, it's, he's my brother's father-in-law, David Kostick. They keep up with the Wild all over the place, and they're members of Minnesota Wild hardcore. It's all big happy family with the Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Wild hardcore, and of course MNW prospects. Love all of you guys. I love the hockey community. Love you guys so much. Thanks again for being a part of things. Tell your friends about this show if you could. Those of you that have written a positive rating on iTunes, thank you so much. And anybody out there that wants to continue to do that, wants to add to that list, thank you again, as it helps. It had been so quiet for so long. And early on, the trolls really, really hit this show hard. Because, I mean, some people just... just, It's not exactly the way you want the show and you want to beat him up. You want to beat the guy up and give him a one star, which is always way too harsh, and write a paragraph of how awful somebody is. It's like, my lord, I mean, can't you think of something more positive in life than beating up on somebody's podcast? That's kind of harsh, but that's what people do. And uh, those of you, though, that have taken the time to write the positive rags, thank you again. And anybody else out there that's willing to do that, thank you uh, in advance, and I will give you a huge shout out on air, and a thank you uh, if and when you uh, are able to do that. Again, tell your friends about the show if you could. Positive rating, iTunes, Stitcher, Double Twist, whatever. Thanks again in advance. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, the Minnesota Wild play a little bit better here. And we get to continue to see more and more positive steps forward for the Luke Cunnins, Euler X and X and Jordan Greenways. Love what those guys are doing out there. And uh, other than that, brace yourself. as I think there's at least one more trade coming before the deadline.